0: Towards the far post, Riston, Anton, Barisha, Diamanti, Durante with a free hitter. And the honour of Western United's first A League goal goes to a familiar face, Bessart, Barisha. It's Connor Payne on the lap. Alessandro Diamante, the ball on a string. Oh, Diamanti! Welcome back to All Out West for this special episode of Off the Pitch. It's our first episode for the season. And we are joined by A-league icon 336 A-league Game veteran and utter legend Nikolai Top Stanley. Welcome, mate, how are you going?
1: I'm okay. I'm unshaven and my hair's a bit, you know all over the shop, but I was supposed to do a gym session. I'm in my gym clothes, but I had to get a COVID test, which I waited two hours for, so but that's all part of my, um, I guess my exemption to get down in Victoria. But oh, nice. So you're in Victoria now, are you? No, I'm not. Um, okay. Victorian government is making it a little bit tough for people in New South Wales, so I've just been waiting to try and get an exemption. Oh, for nice. So and my family. And the, uh, so you
0: so you all coming down here for the season or...?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. I've got two small kids, so couldn't live without them. I completely um, understand. I had to mention the wife too. She just walked <laughs> in <So. laughs>
0: To get brownie points there, mate. Yeah. So, we're going to start off with a hard one, and this wasn't on the sheet we gave you. So, straight off the bat, Palmy or Palmer? This is a crazy one, I know.
1: Palmy, oh. as in chicken parmigiana. Yeah, right. Yeah, i have to say chicken palmy. Oh,
0: god oh that hurts to hear, but we'll move on. So, <laughs> <laughs> for the fans who may not know you as well, because Western United's a very young club, what is your football story?
1: right well hope you got a bit of time so um, well I grew up in Canberra so um, and uh, don't hold that against me by the way so no hate and, you <laughs> and yeah I mean I I my father's a football tragic and um, yeah he got my my brother and I into it and my older brother's four years older than me so he bullied me into being in goals all the time and chasing the balls down for him Um, but I guess that gave me a little bit of character and always someone to, I guess, look up to and, you know, try and beat and, you know, know, we had immense one-on-one battles in the backyard but, yeah, I mean, junior football through there, I got an opportunity to, I guess, at 16 years old to go to the ACT Academy of Sport and there from there I did well, got inducted into AIS at the time which was – you know, in my, I know it's, I guess, no longer, mm. but in my time that was the breeding ground for young talent. And, yeah, I mean, I learned so much in my one and a half years there on how to be, I guess, professional and, you know, I was tested every day and that was kind of really where I wanted to, well, I knew I wanted to be a professional footballer when I was surrounded by, I guess, the most talented 16-, 17-, 18-year-olds in the country at the time. And, you know, that was the basis for our under-20s young Socceroos and Ollie-roos, um campaigns. And, yeah, from there I, I was a uh, – I missed out actually in the first year of the A-League. So um, I sent a letter to all clubs at the time in the first year and politely got declined um, wow. aside from – So I trialled with Melbourne Victory Mm. and and he said thanks but no thanks at the time. I trialled with Brisbane, same story, and the rest of them kind of just didn't even get back to me. So that was, uh, I guess, a bitter pill to swallow um, as all my friends kind of uh, were getting contracts. But, yeah, I mean, I stuck with it and stayed ready, so to to speak, and I, I did a... Year in the MPL in um, in Sydney with Manly, and um, yeah, I uh, unfortunately for Jacob Timpano, who was you know a, a colleague of mine for a long time, you know he had pretty bad injuries um, with his ankle. He had repeated surgeries, but that gave me an opportunity to sign an injury replacement at Sydney FC in the in the um, second year of the A League and. Oh. Luckily for me, I scored on debut, and they offered me a, a contract on the spot after I scored. So, goals, Eagles contracts, apparently. Wow, that's a, that's a good thing to know. I have to put that yeah. on my resume now, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that was the start of the A League, and then since then, I've travelled to Perth for a couple of years, um, to the Jets for three years, down the Western Sydney Wanderers for five, four and a half years went overseas to UAE for a season, and then the last four years have been back at Newcastle. And now another chapter and, I guess, life experience down in Melbourne. What
0: attracted you to signing to Western United?
1: Well, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of obvious, you know, op- there's A, the opportunity to play football, right? It's, um, it's, uh, that was, I guess, asked of me and um, the, the opportunity to play at the highest level in Australia is you know it's a privilege for me to to keep on playing the game but to work under someone like johnny Aloisi is a legend of you know australian football um obviously diamante is a huge international uh known footballer so the opportunity to play with him and i guess this kind of feels similar to when i joined the wonders It's it's a startup club it's fresh it's you know a chance to you know represent a new people and um, yeah, that, you know, that, that all all those all those factors is is, attract, is attracted to me.
0: No, I completely understand because you've had a, a vast career which has done so many things. Now here's a bit of a flip on that. What would you like to see from us as fans over the next season?
1: That's always. Uh, I mean, obviously, passion. But that, that goes without saying. You know, if you're if you're paying your hard-earned money to come and you know, support a team, then you have to be some sort of, you know, you have to have some sort of passion. So, but, you know, continue support through thick and thin because nothing's going to be smooth sailing, right? Um, as long as, I guess, our, our job as footballers is to show the fans that we care just as much, if not more, than the fans about the direction and the success of the club. And hopefully that can, you know, that passion and that um I guess that combined energy can turn into results in a a winning club. Nice. Um, Who are you most excited to work with? Um, I would be lying to say it wouldn't be Diamante. You know, I played against him, obviously, and he's more than a handful. He's, uh, you know, he he kind of just floats around the pitch and, you know, pops up with these things that you, you don't understand how he's seen that because you still haven't seen it after the ball's gone 50 metres past you or whatever. Um, so I guess the opportunity to work with someone who's played at the highest level for, you know, the Italian national team and being, you know, is, is huge for me. So, yeah, that's that's got to be one of them. Yeah, it's definitely going to be it would be a fun time
0: playing with him. And he's he's also a big character. Do you think he'd be down uh, Lygon Street getting some coffees
1: with him or...? <laughs> Uh, I guess if he allows me in his inner circle, but I'm sure <laughs> I can gain his trust first. So being an athlete like any performer, can you be,
0: I can be very introspective. What areas of your game are you most working on for this next season?
1: Um, I think I I approach this, or well, the answer to the question, I approach every season to be as physically fit as possible because I think there are three dimensions to I guess a football. Anyway, this is according to me. So this is everyone's different, but for mm. me, you have to start the season physically fit, which in turn gives you confidence, the mental, um, I guess, clarity to just get on with your job. Because if you miss preseason or if you don't feel fit, then you start doubting yourself, and you know, it's not really a recipe for going into games confident and you know able to do your job at 100. And then obviously the tactical part all comes together from the coaches, how the team dynamic works out on the field. So I don't think there's really one thing that I'm, you know, looking to bring in terms of like, oh, I'm looking to score 30-yard bombs or, you know, provide X amount of assists, but I always go into it just, you know, looking after my body, trying to be in the best shape possible, and the rest should should flow from there. Um, You know, all those pieces of the puzzle, over time, of the season kind of, you know, follow that. If you get the first part right,
0: can I just say we'll accept thirty yard bombs. Yeah, we'll, I want we'll to say like... at least
1: five. <laughs> at least five? Uh, all right. Well, I'll do my best. If if the ball pops up again, then I'm gonna I'm just gonna have to hit it. I'll accept it. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even if it misses, we'll be happy with it. <laughs> all
1: right. Have you got a number yet in the back back of your kit? Well, as in my playing number. Yeah. Yeah, I I chose forty four. I'm not sure if I, that's been given to me yet. Uh, that's still waiting. No special reason other than that I like the number four, and fours already taken. So why not make it course I thought that might be like a Mighty Ducks reference or something. Because it like, uh, it's, 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 it's not that cool. Just uh, <laughs> yeah, I've always I've always I mean ever since I was a youngster, I played number four. So that's just uh, the number I like.
0: Um. Are you expected at training at any time in the future? Do you know when you're supposed to start training? I know you're still in New South Wales, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, we've we've just been trying to... Myself and um, the the guys and girls at the club have been just been trying to get exemption from the Victorian government to even step foot in Victoria. Um, it doesn't make it, I guess, easy that Newcastle's just going to a lockdown, a, a seven-day lockdown as of today. Wow, well, yeah. So... Yeah it's fairly complicated a lot of paperwork and yeah it's not really traveling as fast as I would like it but it's kind of out of my hands at the moment but you know I've packed yeah. up I packed up my house I'm ready to go um just waiting for the green light I guess to to get on a plane
0: well you'll be lucky because I think we might be going to lockdown as well so I
1: heard I heard today so it's it's interesting times that we live in certainly it's uh certainly testing the patience, but. It could be worse. Um, who is your greatest influence? Well, on a personal level, it would have to be my parents. Um, you know, they're, they're both immigrants to Australia and I guess they taught me the, the value of hard work and the value of family and the value of, um, you know, not making excuses and, you know, getting out there and giving your best. So, you know, both my parents came from, I mean, not extreme poverty but relative poverty and they they carved out a life for themselves in Australia, and they obviously got the opportunity to live in our beautiful country. And but yeah, it wasn't easy for them, um, you know, coming to a, to a country with not a lot of English and um, no friends, no family, and, and and they made it work. So I guess I the older I get, and now that I've got my own family, you know, I, I really uh, appreciate the, the life lessons that they gave me from a young age, and. Um, even though at the time I thought it was annoying. Um, I guess now I can see the fruits of, of all those life lessons that they taught me. We've
0: all seen that banger of a goal you scored for the Jets. Is We've already talked about 30-yard bangers. Is there a chance we could, like, sorry if we, we're harping on this, this kind of narrative here, but uh, we, we
1: would like to see some coolness. Um, <laughs> any chance you might have another crack? There is definitely a chance. Yeah. Um, I just have to uh, the ball just has to sit right and has to be the right opportunity. But as I said in my interview after I actually scored that goal, you should see my goals in training. They're even better. So <laughs> hopefully I can I can get it right, at the training track first and then, you know, shoot across
0: T up dr, just to, to make sure it's like, hey, just a couple this way, buddy. Yeah. Uh Today's podcast is brought to you by Sportsmates A League Live app, which we use to follow the game with live scores, in-depth stats, and news on everything A League and FFA Cup related. Check out the links for Android and Apple in the podcast description. Now, back to the interview. What was it like scoring that header at the 2008 Olympics uh, uh, against Saudi Arabia at High Marsh Stadium? Yeah, it was. Um,
1: yeah, it was a huge moment. Um, you know, representing your country is uh, like nothing else. You know, it's um, yes. Yeah, as I mentioned before, you know, when my parents came here as, as immigrants and to be accepted into the country, um, and then seeing their son, I guess, represent the country that accepted them was huge for myself and my family to even put on the green and gold. And um, I guess that got us one step closer to an Olympic Games, and which we eventually went. And that's another story. But, you know, that was uh, all part of my journey as, as being an Olympian, which now being watching the Olympics. You know, kind of gives me good memories, and um, yeah, it was an absolute honour. What was it like the Olympics? Like, was it a good good experience? Yeah, I mean, it's the Olympics, right? I mean, (laughs) we 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 didn't do as well as we thought we could have. Um, It was a bit of a bitter pill to swallow because you know we were in good form leading up to it. You know, we played a lot of international and high international quality games, and it just kind of fizzled out really. At the games, I mean, mind you, we were playing a Serbian team that had won the under twenty one Euro national. so it, it was we drew one all with them. An Argentina team, if the, if you look at the lineup that they had against us, was you know beyond world class, and an Ivory Coast team who had players playing in Europe everywhere. So we didn't disgrace ourselves, but I guess at the time we had huge belief that you know we were going to get through the group stage, and but we didn't, and but. As I said, now that it's far removed, I can still, you know, look at, look at that with pride and, um, you know, I was actually going through my stuff when I was packing up my house that I still have some Olympic track suits and things like that that, you know, my daughter likes to wear, even though she's three, doesn't, you know, <coughs> Is uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she'll never fit into them. But, yeah, you know, she, she was going through that and it kind of gave me, you yeah, good memories. It's nice. What has
0: been the your best highlights of your career so far?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I guess winning the Asian Champions League is was a massive moment for me. I guess knowing the sacrifice and um, in terms of travel and, and, and demands that we had in preparing to win that was was huge. You know, we were, we were constantly away from home. Yeah, it was it was tough, but obviously all all worthwhile in winning you know a Champions League. I think that the thing that gives me the most I guess pleasure now is you know when my kids watch me play and. You know they they point me out on TV and or they see themselves on TV and they get a huge you know rush and a, a smile on their face um, and my son's left footed too so you know if if he chooses to but it's it's if he's halfway there to being a, a left footed you know footballer mm. um, but yeah me and my kids are my life now and I guess right now that's that's the most you know the pleasing part for me is that they can still watch me play. Hopefully they'll remember it, and um, yeah, it's it's great to share it with them. That's that's amazing, and it's
0: just nice to share with your family. And hopefully the the TV rights deals there, so in future you can. I did actually watch your highlight reel prior to this. That's a uh, yeah, some good goals there, man. Now, what was the transition like going from Western New Wanderers to is it is it Hatter? I'm unsure. I'm yeah, yeah Hatter. Hatter Club. Into sorry, I was. You know what you're like. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I yeah, um, Hatter Club in 2008. Yeah, it
1: was an eye-opener. Um, you know, it was an opportunity for me to, I guess, experience international football um, in in Dubai, which is not the worst place to live. Um, yeah, it was culturally, football-wise, yeah, completely different chalk and cheese. It's uh, it's a very individual game. You know, I, basically when I landed, I got told that I was one of four foreigners and just to pass to them because um, we'll win the game or we'll <laughs> lose the game. So I was like, wow, like not what I'm kind of used to because – You know, Australia is quite big on teamwork and Mm. everyone makes a difference. And yeah, that was basically what I got told. And I kind of found it to be true that, you know, well, true in a sense of if we lost games, it was all on us. And we Mm. were kind of the scapegoats. And I guess on the flip side, if you win, you know, you get showered with, you know, praise and people with ridiculous amounts of money, you know, come in and, you know, kind of kiss your feet. So which I guess doesn't really happen in Australia. But it was interesting. You know, I, I had a good time. I, I made some good friends there and, and the Emiratis are actually lovely people. Um, it's, uh, I wasn't expecting, I guess, the hospitality and uh, that from, you know, uh, a group that was completely different to us. But, yeah, you know, I had a good time. I had a good, uh, yeah, I think it was one season there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Were there any uh, play style differences or was it just the past of the foreigners? Was that the, exactly. the foreign side? <laughs> I was a centre back. I needed to pass to the six or hit the striker with the number 10. That was it. And wow. if, I, if I didn't do that, I got yelled at. Wow. So, yeah, I played the two Brazilians up front and a Romanian number six who was just a destroyer. You know, you just go in there yeah. and kick people. And my job was to keep the foreign strikers quiet. And, <laughs> yeah, when they're running everywhere and there's three of them, it's kind of hard to do it on your own. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I guess that's just I wasn't there to I guess try and put my Aussie spin on, you know, on their way of football. You know, I just I went there with an open mind and you know, I got through a, a season with a relatively small club. Um, and the, the the aim was to avoid relegation. So I came in there and they were second last and we ended up coming seventh out of twelve, which is not which is good for them, good for me. Um and yeah, relegation is also yeah, it's a, it's a different beast. Um, certainly, you know, makes things interesting when you're playing teams around your position mm. and, yeah, people come out of the woodwork and really put the pressure on and it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's extremely different and I can ima- only imagine what would it be like in, you know, the championship going up or down that level where, you know, it's literally your livelihood yeah. the club's livelihood and, you know, whether they can afford to pay... Staff or so it was, yeah, it was very, it was, it was a big eye opener. Question without like, um, because we didn't submit it.
0: Are you pro REL in Australia? Pro REL? Pro, pro, uh, pro
1: relegation and whatnot here? Um, I think as a concept, mm. yeah, but I just don't think we're at a stage that we can do it because I, I, I
0: agree. The TV monies and t- you know what I mean? Like it'd be very mm. difficult. Sorry, yeah. sorry, just to. Yeah, we don't have
1: the infrastructure I think because most of the clubs think, oh, well, once I get a slice of that TV money, I'll be able to financially support my club. But it doesn't really work that way. And we can see even at this level Mm. that, you know, it's it's not an easy game to make a profit in. So I think we need time um, to build the product, to build purpose-built stadiums. You know, it's good that we've got uh, a kind of longer TV deal now to to build towards, Um, but I think it needs to happen in, yeah, smaller steps rather than just jumping in and going all in. Yeah, completely agree. agree. What is your pregame ritual? Um, I don't really have too many rituals aside from that I'll take a nap during the day, (laughs) um, which my wife finds bizarre because I don't nap (laughs) any other time. But, yeah, that's, if you want to call it a ritual, it is, because I, I, I will not forsake my nap. Um, <laughs> screaming kids, I no screaming kids. I'll close the door, put the earplugs in, pillow over the face. <laughs> um, wow, other than that, I'm not too superstitious, you know. I don't do any lucky undies or sock, socks, you know, or boots laced up one way or the other, so. Nice. How long of a siesta is it? Now, that all depends on when we're playing. So if we play at 3 o'clock, you know, I don't want to take too long, so I'll probably take 45. But if we're playing at 7.30, I could easily do two hours.
0: <laughs> um, on that note, Scott just woke up from his nap because he's a night shift worker. So. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, just uh, sorry, sorry, a bit of a tangent there. What is currently is your go-to song on Spotify or a playlist?
1: Um, well... It would have to be Let's Get Ill by DJ Snake because that is my daughter's favourite song and she just requests it on repeat. Um, and it's a bit of a banger. So, you know, she, and she likes uh, Sandstorm by Darude as well. She I loves, see. Yeah, she loves yeah. that one. Go figure. She's probably going to go to school and one day and everyone's going to be like, what are you talking about, Darude Sandstorm? So, <laughs> no, that's wicked. Um, it's, so not too much of The Wiggles then? Oh well, that's that that is a favourite, and currently Thomas the Tank Engine because uh, a friend of ours bought them a train set for um, my son's birthday, and yeah, you know, I hadn't really gotten to Thomas before, but now that we've got the train set and names to faces, well, obviously they want more of it. <laughs> so, understand it well. Now, this is uh, Crossbar Capers said this to us.
0: Are uh, we here? A keen fisherman? Any good stories? I,
1: love I, don't know, I don't know context here. Sorry to cut you off. I don't okay. know context. Um, well, I'm not sure if this would be funny to you as it is to me, but I guess you have to know the the character of Jason Hoffman to find it funny because everyone who knows him, and I guess I've got the photo to back it up, which makes it even funnier. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I can send it to you somehow, which, which would be funny. But anyway, he was begging me to take me for a fish. Me to take him for a fish for ages, you know. And he's like, "Come on, you got to take me out. You got to take me out." And I'm like, "Mate, like, you don't understand. Like, I'm I'm leaving at four am, and I'm not getting back till after midday. And if you get seasick, it's not my issue. Like, we're out to sea." Mm. He's like, "No, nah, I'll be fine. I I went on sail Croatia, and you know, I was great on sail Croatia. Everyone else was getting sick, and I wasn't." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's a little bit different from Mediterranean, but okay." I said, "Look, just to be sure, it's going to be good weather, but." you know, bring some c tablets just in case. So obviously he didn't, being, you know, a tough man he thinks he is. And um, But then he he started getting worried because I said, oh, look, did you bring him? He's like, no, 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 And he's a bit neurotic, so that's why it makes it funny. Like he actually convinces himself of things. So he started convincing himself that he was going to be sick even before we go on on the boat. And he started... We stopped at the servo and he bought two packets of Fisherman's friends and he's just inhaling it, <coughs> thinking that somehow it's going to make him, you know, calm down. So anyway, he's thinking of really strong mints and we got out the heads and it was a little bit washy but nothing too major. So I handed him the rod and I go, all right, cast that over there and he can cast a fishing rod. And he had one cast and then sat straight down and I said, mate, are you feeling all right? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I just, I just need to have a rest. I'm like, a rest? You've had one cast. We just got here. <laughs> and I could tell straight away that he was going from, he's already a pale guy and he was going from pale to paler. And I'm like, oh, it's already hidden. Anyway, he was like beyond death sick. And, yeah, we had a good time taking photos and videos of him. But to his credit, he never, ever told me to take him in. And he endured probably a good four or five hours of going from white to green to I don't even know what the colour is called because he's just drained of all bodily fluids. Um, but yeah, we got in, and I'll have to show you the photo one day. It's actually brilliant,
0: Dude, Yeah, <laughs> love to see it. That sounds hilarious. Was he translucent? Was he almost see-through? Yeah, seen through? literally <laughs> like that. And he looked like like a
1: corpse. Wow. Wow. That's my that's my best fishing story. That that's gold. Actually doesn't involve catching fish.
0: <laughs> wow. Since, since signing an A-League contract with
1: Sydney, what um what has it been like seeing the growth of Australian football? Yeah, it's um it's actually come a long way since you know I was I was a youngster in terms of professionalism, in terms of investment, in terms of staff even. You know, I remember starting off and we didn't have full time physios we didn't have full time you know, medical staff or you know we some of the games we travelled on the day of the game and you know that was i guess considered normal for when i was young and now you know you, you'd never even dare to think about that that being possible mm. so in that aspect it's great that you know in the background especially you know the PFA uh, our players union has made sure that you know that that's a non-negotiable um for conditions um, and you're only going to – and for the women too now. So that's, that's also good that, you know, they're getting a professional landscape to work in and flourish as players. And, yeah, I mean, I think the level overall of an average player has certainly risen because I think you had some top players in some teams and a very big gap in between your bottom and top players at the beginning. And I think that gap has slowly, slowly gotten closer you know, the average, you know, level of players, and, and it's gotten quicker. It's gotten. Um, I'm not sure if there's more goals in terms of, you know, stats or not. But as a player, I know I can feel it's it's gotten quicker, and the level of training even has has gotten consistently better every year. Um, and that's from a player's point of view. I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, I, I know a lot of spectators don't feel that way, but that's my that's my take.
0: Yeah, but that's back of house stuff that people would be privy to. How the administration's being done? How you guys are, again the physio thing? I didn't know that they weren't full time for a long time. That's no, especially the quality of care to, to yourselves because yeah. very this easily
1: got, right? And I guess a longer that we're out of action, mm. I guess it costs them as a business. So I think yeah you know, they realised, and I guess our union also realised that it just can't happen if you if you want. Uh, a decent product out there. You need to have fit um, and able-bodied squads, not just a handful of players. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah, thank you for your time today. Do you have anything you'd like to pass on to fans? Oh, I've already received numerous uh, messages, so thank you for your warm welcome already, even though I'm not allowed in Victoria yet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I promise it's not my doing. I'm I'm doing my best to get down there, and, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Getting out there on the on the training field with the boys, and also meeting all the fans, and um, yeah, it's it's a new beginning for me, which I'm really excited to be part of.
0: Wow, what a great interview! Like the old Fisherman's Friends, they went down well. We'd like to thank uh, Nikolai for jumping on the podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and all that jazz. Rate, review, share, and um, all west, aren't we?